0: Hello, I'm Nick Holland for Information Security Media Group. Today I'm joined by Al Pascal, who is Javelin's Senior VP of Research and Head of Fraud and Security. So today we're going to be discussing recent findings relating to securing emerging channels such as virtual assistants and the Internet of Things against fraud and data compromise. Welcome, Al.
1: Thanks for having me, Nick.
0: So what can you tell me first of all about the methodology for this?
1: So we went out and we spoke to, uh, as we typically do, a representative sample of U.S. consumers and we asked them about, you know, their ownership and experiences around the Internet of Things, and really specifically around willingness to use IoT devices for payments. We also analyzed uh, different industry in this initiatives and emerging channels, so things like, you know, virtual assistants, Alexa, for example, um, unitaskers, so things like the Amazon Dash button, um, smartwatches, just a, just a wide variety of different technologies. To really try to understand what the risks were specific to those devices, and if there was some kind of framework that we could build, taking those consumer responses, looking at the devices in particular, understanding how banks are using them, and trying to synthesize something that banks could use to assess risk and then come up with you know, some good solutions. So let's cut to the chase. I mean, so what were the key findings? What did you? What were the takeaways? Uh, well, I mean, uh, first and foremost, <laughs> there are a lot of devices out there, right? So um, Consumers alone in the U.S. own about 870 million uh, IoT devices or connected devices. This does not include their PCs or their smartphones, um, but again, some of the devices I mentioned, so the you know Xboxes and PlayStation, smartwatches, Alexa, a lot of devices out there, and many of them have payment capabilities. You know, they can um, you know be as simple as only being to able only being able to order you know a Tide. Um, like the, the Amazon Dash button, or being able to pretty much order anything you know, that you can order in real life. Um, Amazon's uh, Amazon Alexa has a diversity of different capabilities. There's so much complexity in that, such a diversity of devices, such a diversity of things that they can do that solving for security, right? Whether that's preventing fraud or keeping the data safe, keeping the customer safe, is not a, a, just a, a real easy thing. To do it takes a lot of planning, a lot of forethought, and it's a really deep consideration. And I think the challenge, you know, in particular for banks uh, and payment companies, is that there's no real guidance out there. You know, we're not seeing or hearing anything from regulators. And I think, you know, given something that's so complex and that's changing so quickly, and that's so new, and that consumers are latching on to so much, you know, not having that guidance, not having that framework is, you know, problematic.
0: You know, I think it's it's worth asking. You know, are, are people ready to be transacting on things like their Alexa or through their Xbox, or whatever? I mean, is, are we there yet or is there still sort of a high degree of trepidation?
1: Um, I think it depends on, you know, the, the type of transaction and the consumer. So when we asked consumers, you know, are you comfortable using these devices to make payments? Uh, about 50 million or so said yes. But as you can imagine, um, there was a segment of consumers and they weren't necessarily the youngest. But it was pretty close. It was the 25 to 34 year olds who are going to be the most likely, um, to use an IoT device for payments. But when you consider the things that they've done and are using and where they are in their financial lives. So they've been, you know, buying things off of the the PlayStation or Xbox forever. They're in a point where they're making, you know, decent money and they're probably buying more technology now that's payment enabled from an IoT perspective. So that kind of makes sense. As consumers get older, that interest does wane, but they're in, there's a problem. Right? when you talk about adoption what's the biggest impediment to adoption of any new financial technology it's fear of security right or lack yeah. of security yeah. and so we have something where security best practices are not all that well defined especially when it comes to fraud you have something where you want to drive really strong consumer adoption um, and I mean you put that together and it's um, you know it's a, it's a recipe for headaches if you're a bank.
0: So, I mean, what, what are you recommending? How, how, how do banks or payment systems protect for what is this ever-expanding attack surface? So,
1: I don't know if it's putting the cart ahead of the horse, um, you know, getting bankers to, to really begin to be thoughtful about protecting these channels. I am always an advocate of doing it early, right, of planning early, getting ahead of the problem, but as we as we know, or maybe you don't know, but within, within banking in particular, you know, fraud and security issues are usually not addressed until something's about to be launched, right, or has been launched. It's in pilot. Um, you know, it's in a few customers' hands, and now it's solved that security problem. And so when you kind of look out as to the, you know, the ways that these devices are used in payments and banking, or even, you know, things like virtual assistants and bots, they, they tend to be used for like the simplest of transactions. You know, they're not really really, really being used for higher risk transactions. I mean, if, uh you know, you look at Alexa, and I think nine different banks among the top 30 offer skills, and none of them are offering skills that are very, very deep. So because we're not at a point where banks are doing things that are very risky, you know, how do you incent them to go ahead and make these security changes? I think that's a whole separate, you know, conversation, podcast, or webinar. Um, but if you're in a position, right, you're forward thinking, um, you're really, you want to get ahead of the security concern issue so that you can drive adoption, and, and not be on the front page of the New York Times and have another Apple Pay incident. Mm. I think there, there, are things, there are things you could do, right? Um, you want to consider the whole life cycle of the device. So I think sometimes we get caught um, in this position where, you know, there's one aspect or another that we latch onto, like user enrollment, because we don't want another Apple Pay issue. But then we forget about the other aspects of it, right, the authentication of the user, You know, securing the data and transmission and storage or even decommissioning the device. Missing any of these aspects creates these, you know, unnecessary fraud and security risks. So you got to consider that entire life cycle of the device. It's a, that's a wonderful way to make sure that you are protected from end to end. Um, but then that brings you to things like using strong authentication, right? Um, you know, having good identity proofing processes in place when uh, that user is being enrolled. Uh, make sure you're using roots of trust. You know, is there a, an ID bound to that device or part of that device, you know, that you could leverage to make sure those credentials are going to the right place? Um, you know, again, secure transmission and storage using tokenization, encryption, and uh, to decommissioning. It'd be, um, this is a lot like with, uh, with mobile phones. We had this yeah. huge problem with mobile phones where people were recycling or, you know, getting rid of their phones every 12 months, but banks weren't, you know, uh, basically decommissioning the devices. And then when they saw the device later on with a new customer, it created all kinds of problems when you're trying to assess the risk. Now, imagine hundreds of millions or billions of IoT devices and banks aren't managing for decommissioning. Yeah. That would just wreak havoc, right, when you're trying to establish, you know, the risk of fraud or pretty well, much imagine. anything else.
0: I mean, I'm just looking through the the, the the appendix of the report where you've got a breakdown of the, the millions of Internet of Things devices owned in the U.S. It's, it's kind of staggering that we're already looking at, the, you know, 12.4 million doorbells with cameras you know <laughs> for example or you know 16 million connected washing machines it's it's you know it's it's pretty mind boggling just the scale of this already
1: well yeah and we're still finding all kinds of security issues with you know the devices that we've been paying attention to for years yeah. right to our laptops our desktop servers and you know smartphones and this is all new ground for criminals whether it's you know getting access to that data or you know, somehow compromising those devices to you know, empty bank accounts. It's a whole new world, Nick. Yeah, it's, uh, what's, the, what's
0: the phrase? Nobody knows uh, you're a refrigerator pretending to be a dog on the Internet. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Exactly. Al, thank you very much. Always a pleasure. That was Al Pascal from Javelin Strategy and Research. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Nick Holland.